so uh, somebody who's doing really well will get to 1 crore of salary in what like 7 8 years funds reached out to us mm. the moment they knew that we had exited glitch it's not about just generating wealth it's about generating all the parts that you should think about as wealth we wake up in the morning and say do we have full control of our day we're wealthy Deserve presents the Create Wealth Podcast with Sandeep Jaimani. In every industry, there's a ratio of how much the CEO gets paid relative to the entry level talent, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there are industries which this is not so great. Manufacturing, where the CEO gets paid versus an entry level shop floor worker gets paid yeah. really low, and that. Advertising is one of the places where the equation does not look good. Mm. Like the CEOs are getting paid a few crores, yeah. uh, and entry-level talent is getting paid like a few lakhs or sometimes even yes. lower, right? Mm. Yeah. Why is that so stark? Like it seems bizarre to me because when I'm talking to my cousins who are interested in this industry, I'm like, "Are you sure you want to do this? You're getting paid this much." But then mm. when I meet a CEO in this industry, it's like, "Wow, you're like making a lot of money." Yeah, you know that is. Um a question that requires its own podcast okay. and we discuss this as as people like you know as, as some as leaders in the creative industry uh, unfortunately and that's unfortunate because i've been that entry level as well yeah. right is that the value of your input has actual value when you sit in a position or till the time you earn the stripes to have a seat at that table yeah right and it's for us even when we were not a large company at glitch for us to get a seat at the table required us to earn stripes yeah and our and the advertising creative industry works like that you may be uh, a junior copywriter and your copy may be the one that actually gets goes on the uh, you know yeah. as part of the holding but um you still the junior copywriter but you earn that stripe Yeah. Right. You earn. You've proven the fact that your copy works, and then you have equity. And people who actually have been able to use that equity well and grow, have have grown very quickly yeah. in the ad industry. So to counter what you've just said, that yes, there is disparity, but people who've been able to use those cards well have actually grown so quickly, and have have tripled their salary in a matter of few years yeah. because they've known how to use. that talent that equity and to get that seat at the table really really quick right. we actually had very little disparity i think the range we had was far more balanced over the years at glitch yeah well, by design while, yeah by design while we were running it for yeah. sure um that the just the way we uh the benchmarking was done was very different from what the industry was offering for example we had very very young people who were making a lot more than someone who had say 10 12 years of experience mm. and i know that they're still struggling with it because that's how that's the system we had set yeah. that was based on what you bring to the table and not the years of experience you have or um you know what potentially your background is your education qualification but you know you are allowed to do that or you are able to do that when you have full control sure unfortunately as we grow 
and as the need arises to you know to partner with other big companies to be able to get global scale etc you start using global compliance and you start using global mm. ways of functioning and then mm. yes that that does change so just curious like how much does an entry level person make and how does the salary sort of move up as you become ceo of a company Like in, in real numbers. Level, um, my understanding would be that it starts at least at about five, six, seven lakhs. lakhs that would be uh, yeah, entry level, okay. like right out of college. But I do know. I remember uh, signing off on, say, for example, fifteen, sixteen hmm. for an entry level um, executive as well, or hmm. even for that matter, you know, an, a junior executive. Hmm. Then, as you, you know, that you stay at between fifteen to about twenty five hmm. for, you know, that there's a large group. Yeah. That's about, say, mm. for example, about thirty-five, forty percent of your base sure. is at that, uh, you know, between that group. But the stars out of that mm. go from twenty-five to forty, forty-two, forty-five, pretty quickly. Sure, yeah, as the, next yeah, as, as the next jump. Got it. And then from forty to get to between eighty to one crore, again happens. The stars out of that happens pretty pretty quickly. So uh, somebody who's doing really well. We'll get to one crore of salary in what, like seven, eight years? Seven, eight years, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've we've had those people. Than that, yeah. yeah, we've had those people. Wow. Okay. Uh, but the thing with our industry is because it's a creative industry, it's very visual. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's not people behind a computer who you hmm. don't know hmm. who's doing what hmm. in a meeting. Hmm. You know who the star is. You hmm. know who's bringing what to the table. You know whose copy is flying. Hmm. You know whose input is is making a difference. You know who's winning the pitches. You know who's really killing it. So you know who's the Don Draper in the meeting. Hmm. Um, the Don Draper, yes, for sure. You do know, and then that person becomes very, very valuable because everyone else, hmm. um, you know, you can find other people to do that job. Hmm. Hmm. The ones who who make the deal. Hmm. Who land that copy? Who land that ad? Who hmm. land everything? Those hmm. are the ones that that you keep. Yeah. And then what happens is that, and that's a more recent. I'd say the last five years is that, as the brand teams within organizations increased, hmm. initially the agency would have like uh, the agency would be the bigger team, and yeah. there would be a smaller team within yeah, the in the, brand the client. Yeah. Now they almost have mini agencies within hmm. brand teams. Hmm. So what you also see, someone works on an account long enough, and the clients notice. Okay, you're doing great work for me. Great work for me. I'll hire you, mm. and you get this massive bump, and you just move to that side. Mm. Um, and then over time, you just go from brand to brand, mm. and um, that's another jump that I've seen a lot of people do as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, the your if you choose to enter the advertising marketing industry, it's. Your, you know, your the the length of your career doesn't necessarily have to just be in that industry, yeah. right? Yeah. You you get to a certain stage mm. and you can work across multiple brands because you know how to run marketing for a brand. Mm. You get that, mm. or you do really well in an agency and you're able to shine and and you continue to grow very quickly. Mm. Um, you know, in a lot of these independent agencies, actually allow you to mm. get to leadership positions very very quickly. So there are multiple uh, sort of ways to. To grow within the industry, and then within senior management and the CEO level, how much do they make? Um, I think it between anything between one point five to four would yeah. be uh, four crores a year. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's maybe half a million dollars a year. Yeah. 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 And but you guys got got to be working at a certain scale of yeah. of yeah. agency to be able to get to that now. 
and is there like a share of profit also that uh, some comp- uh, some yes, agencies yes, have yes of course uh, there sales are teams, right, uh, not just sales teams but i mean senior leaders do get uh, you know some sort of shares in large uh, yeah. ecosystems they do yes yeah. and then there is bonus to go with it and a large part of the say for example the four crores is also based on company performance mm-hmm. so you'll have about 35% of that actually coming to you in the form of bonus yeah um you know at the end of the year basis yeah. how the company is done you know and then this there's all of this and then there's what you guys did right yeah. which is you said okay let's start off on our own uh how much what is there an economic incentive in doing that you said because we will be much better off in terms of the money that we make so therefore we should start glitch or was that like something else around that you'd be better to answer that and then i'll take it from so, there i never worked in advertising before starting mm-hmm. an agency Now, really uh, yeah i okay. worked i was um i started off in mtv um yeah. i used to um work on i worked across their content you know, reality tv bollywood all that stuff mm. uh moved to channel v from there did mm. the same stuff there you know it was early days of reality tv right so like mm. my first job was doing research on roadies and then mm. was everything else um so we started glitch uh me and roadie started off in 2009 mm. to be a production company mm. so we were a production company for the web at a time when that wasn't really a thing mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. wanted to work with brands and because mm-hmm. both of us enjoyed doing stuff for brands and so he used to direct as to produce mm-hmm. we could both edit that mm-hmm. was literally the mm-hmm. company uh, mm-hmm. two people in an apartment doing that um but what we slowly realized because we went in with a certain level of innovation and 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 and, and creative insight mm-hmm. we fast became this merging of okay let's add tech into content let's you know make it an activation where video tech and everything else kind of comes together mm. we saw a lot of growth with that we did a lot of stuff where you know we brands would turn us in once again you're doing all the exciting fun stuff mm. um can you also take care of let's say you know our digital mm. um, can you also have some insights on strategy so we would do some of that stuff but because neither of us came from that background and both mm. and I were both in channel when we kitchen started mm. we fast saw the need to have more of a strategic insight to build this into an agency mm. because the production at least when we started off and i think is still largely the case is it's cyclical right mm. it depends on you know you go from yeah. project to project it's not yeah. a consistent source of revenue yeah. um and so we we built the agency part we already had the production arm so you're moving higher value now yeah so we go because at that time we were doing tv production mm. we were doing large scale shows like coke studio etc we were doing um digital content and production we were also had an agency arm focused only on movies uh, to be, before movies got launched we mm. did movie promotions mm. and a small brand part which you saw as a great opportunity mm. and that's where she came in mm. uh Pooja came in and really kind of said, "Okay, one second. Uh, and we never had a CEO. Mm. Uh, Rohit and I were um, we were left brain and right brain, as mm. we called mm. it. Um, and so Pooja came in as our uh, came in to be our first CEO and kind of built the agency part. Mm. And over time, the production almost became a stack we add to the agency because yeah. we saw that as yeah. the way to grow. I'm gonna let you fill some part of that so story. So I I I worked in an agency before. So mm. I was with JWT and some other big names. Mm. Um, and when I met them, mm. was actually not to work with them. Mm. Uh, I we met socially, and mm. and um, and I happened to need an agency mm. for the brand that I was working for at that time because I was working in marketing. And I saw these guys, and you know, it was like a light bulb moment for me. I was like, I've got to work with them because mm. this is where the disruption is happening. Mm. So I picked up the phone on on Rohit, 
Mm. Um, mm. And Roshan actually and said that, you know what, I this is what you guys got right in that meeting. And mm. these are things that did not work for you. And uh, hire me. And I will show you how we can do so it. So this is Rohit Raj and Roshan Abbas. Yeah. 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 And um, and they were like, okay, Varun, your friend clearly, yeah. uh, you know, is this is not a this is not what they expected from that call. Hmm. But I met with them and I I pitched them um, uh, a thought, which hmm. is that I come with a certain kind of background. This is the kind of work that you do. These are the areas you need to fill in to really have an important seat at that table. Mm. And I will help you get there. Mm. And at that time, it was a very small unit. Mm. And, you know, I was already a marketing manager and, you know, earning a certain remuneration, etc. I was like, just give me half of what I make right now. Yeah. Half of what I make in two months. In those two months, we'll see how it goes. Uh, if I'm able to show you guys what this brand can actually be then we'll we'll sit across the table and talk about how uh you know this could all work out for us and they actually bet on me yeah. so it was two months and we went from we you know you got about 16 brands in those two months wow. we built um you know a strategic team we built a creative team and we built really strong business managers yeah. because that's the first step to being able to attract the right kind of business and really packaged our organization in a way that we were the new disruptors and uh, did they give you the raise then after that like, yeah. <laughs> yeah we i remember happened, that meeting yeah. where two months in and we just looked at the numbers and the numbers looked great yeah, yeah. and from then on it was always like that where I would go to them and say, hey, this is how we've done. This is how much I want. Yeah. Because this is what we'd be able to do in the next year. And that's how we grew. And that's how our company Actually, there's also an insight in how you should pitch for your own compensation, yeah. right? Absolutely. Like you back yourself and say yeah. that if I deliver this, then I get this. Because, you know, I, I say this to a lot of young people that I meet with. Hmm. The strategy to get what you feel you deserve hmm. is to be able to convince yourself yeah. that you deserve that. Mm. If you are convinced, mm. then when you sit across somebody mm. to negotiate, mm. it doesn't become a negotiation, it becomes a matter of fact, mm. right? Mm. This is what I do. Mm. This is what I can do because I have shown you what the last few months have potentially looked like. Yeah. You bet on me and this is what I will continue to do for you, yeah. right? And if you find someone who understands that, magic happens yeah. because that's how we build that what makes did sense. With yeah, that makes sense. And also what ends up happening is that if you're clear about the fact that you can have an open dialogue about enumeration, because a lot of times people are worried to say it. Yeah. And when they actually go in and say it, they say it. Sometimes like, okay, I've already quit. And then I'm saying, okay, I, I thought I'll get, like, why didn't you talk about yeah. it? Yeah. Um, or someone who comes in with unreal expectations. And mm. you're going to also have to set them, say, one second, you're expecting this. Mm. But look at the business you're working on. Look at what value is kind of generated. Look at... It needs to make sense as well. So yeah. we were always a culture where that was very open conversation. Yeah. Some people get it. Some people don't. And you got to be also okay to the fact that not everyone's going to look at it that way. Yeah. Someone's going to say, no, I want this much. And then you think it's not, it doesn't work for the company. It doesn't yeah. work for the company. Yeah. But it's not something you should really hide. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. In fact, you know, one of the things that I learned from a, a boss that I had worked with in the past is that he told me that if you want something you have to ask for yeah. it right otherwise nobody will get the fact and that no one will guess it yeah i think the layer that you're adding puja to it is that 
rationalize it to yourself and then you yeah. go uh, because there is a very small difference between arrogance and confidence yeah it's very very it's just it's very small yeah arrogance is when you go into it not really knowing hmm. um and not really truly believing hmm. but being arrogant about the fact that if you don't give this to me it's not going to work hmm confidence actually comes in when you prove it to yourself yeah right you prove it to yourself because you have that track record yeah even if you've not built that track record mm. you make sure that you invest a certain amount of time to build mm. some form of track for yourself yeah that's when you negotiate yeah that's when there is power in that discussion yeah. because otherwise it's like every way there are no facts on the table yeah yeah and I, what also ends up happening is sometimes those discussions become not just about the remuneration yeah. if mm. someone's really thought it through it becomes about an opportunity like yeah at glitch we always had and i think we continue to do that even now with what we build yes. mm. is that you start off with a certain thought process mm. as the people who started it and then over time there are people who are part of your team who see opportunities which maybe you're not focusing on mm. and say maybe we should do this mm. you turn to them and say okay can you build it yeah. let's discuss it you come back with a plan yeah We'll figure a way for you to drive that, for you to lead it. What resources do you need? Let's make a plan and see how that makes sense. Mm. That also drives ownership. Yeah. So that person, one second, I didn't just come up with the idea and they did it. Yeah, I built it. Yeah. So you almost are building people with a certain entrepreneurial mindset internally, and that's Correct. what we had at Glitch, and that's what we've continued to do with whatever we've done. Is that it's got to become your own. Yeah. Because then your your investment in it is far more, and then your experience is far richer as well. So even if tomorrow you want to say, okay, I'm going to move on from this. you coming on saying one second i built this entire revenue mm. stream or i built mm. this entire product or i built this entire like you know subunit mm. and that experience is just invaluable yeah and it, it's not about being a founder but more the founder mindset exactly. right like so it's a employee mindset versus an entrepreneurial mindset we yeah. talk about that a lot yeah. with our colleagues and we've been doing that for years mm. and you know there's an argument there that but you know i don't make what you would make mm. when say for example you get acquired mm. and that's true mm. but it's not always about the money mm. and i'll explain further is that the experience you gain mm. in a setup where you are not necessarily the entrepreneur but mm. have that mindset mm. allows you to go out and and really build something for yourself one yeah. number two you have that entrepreneurial mindset the real entrepreneur goes and say i want that guy i'm going to give that person yeah. a share of the pie as well yeah. right yeah. there are two ways to look at it yeah. because every experience is valuable the the intent of the opposite person and the opposite person's attitude is super critical to it as well mm. that's where success happens everyone doesn't come up with an idea to start a company yeah. that's not how it works yeah. but that doesn't mean that the only the entrepreneur is valuable yeah. an entrepreneur can do nothing if they don't have the right kind of people around him or her to be able to rate, to build an organization that is very valuable too yeah i didn't start glitch yeah right Yeah. But I was an extremely valuable member of Glitch, mm. right? I built that opportunity for myself. Mm. So when I went out and said that, "Hey, we're going to start another company together," mm. I take all of that yeah. and put it in my own company. No, absolutely. In fact, you look at so many founders who got who found it very easy to raise capital. Yeah, has happened because they are what is called two X founder, and two X mm. founder doesn't mean that this is the second time they're starting a company. Yeah, but they're second time they're running something that they yes. they're going to build themselves, right? right? Yeah, and I I think it speaks a lot about the person that if they took on an opportunity within a company and built something, and then going out and saying that, oh, hey, look, I this is what I did, and therefore I need to be funded. And you know, we face that when we started talking to potential investors for our new company hmm. in a really bad market. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
the conversation was never on capability. Yeah. Right. Because we, if you are running it, yeah, you're going to be able, you're going to make something out of that company, yeah. right? Yeah. That that comes in. Yeah. And you know, I say that as a as a much older person today, and I definitely wasn't feeling this way when I was in my twenties. So, mm. like, I mean, if you guys in your twenties are not feeling it, it's fine, right? Mm. You do learn with experience. But what I would tell m- my younger self is that the bets that I took on myself. Mm. the opportunities i said yes to even though they didn't pay me enough mm-hmm. did pay off yeah. and that's something that that's a relationship you need to have with your own self yeah. Yeah. uh it's not always about the money but you have to be smart about it yeah. if it's not money then it has to be something as valuable yeah and as long as you find that yeah. and yeah. are able to you know see a few steps ahead yeah. because that's critical yeah seeing a few steps ahead um and also being able sense. to i guess articulate that to the yeah. other person right? yes. that that's yes. important i was uh, i was smiling when she said younger self right is that so my first job out of college was 17000 rupees a month um i quit that job in one week to go for a job that was 12000 rupees a month <laughs> and then i quit that job a year later and went for a job that was 13000 rupees a month right which eventually raised up came up to 20 5000 rupees a month by the end of 4 years of working in television and that's when i started glitch so my salary when i started off glitch till then had only grown that much but till date yeah as of even yesterday the stuff i learned in those 4 years is what i have used through my entire career yeah yeah so that set me up skill set wise process understanding everything just 4 years in television have just set me up for every single yeah, thing i did that, those four years taught you and you got paid for it whatever you got paid yeah. right yeah yeah uh, but the interesting part is like once you start a company and you have senior folks uh, coming on board how how did you decide the ownership of the company because it was started with i guess rohit and yourself yeah. and then more folks came in how did you say that okay this equity this much percentage should go to this person so we had a pretty straightforward equity structure um there was roit me and roshan was our first investor what we saw this as and we never saw this as a company we were building to sell mm. um so for us it was always a remuneration conversation and never mm-hmm. an equity conversation mm-hmm. um and we always made sure that anybody who senior got got paid a certain amount of money and the the standing joke was that both of us would look at everybody's remuneration mm. see what's left and see how much we both take mm. um so mm. that was literally how we built it over the years and Um, I remember there was a point when Pooja would turn around to both of us and say, "Guys, you got to pay yourselves mm-hmm. some form of this thing as well, and that would mm-hmm. come in." So when we actually start to have conversations on being acquired, and mm-hmm. those those went through for a few years, it was also sitting there saying, "One second, one is distributing equity, mm-hmm. but you also look at how much because you start to understand terms like so if you give someone equity and they gain something from it, how much are they going to lose out of you know the fact that they can't even invest it somewhere else? So. Sure. Yeah. and so we gauged it from how much value can we give mm. individuals and so when we finally did the sale we a lot of the conversations were about how rest of senior management was going to get remunerated rather than giving them equity in that because advertising acquisitions are different from how sure you want it, those folks to continue for a bit want them to continue you also want to make sure they are making enough money in their pockets mm. and so that's how we looked at it mm. uh Everyone looks at it differently, but that's how we. And up until it. the time that uh, I think Group M was talking about acquiring you guys, yeah. the equity ownership was primarily the three of us. Yeah. And and we had a fourth partner who had a certain amount because our daily office was run by Kabir. Sure. And so Kabir had a, a smaller set in the company for running that operation. Right. 
so when did group m approach you guys or you guys thought that okay this is now the time of life no, to do you know this? we were actually when the whole conversation happened we were like why would we even do that yeah. right because okay. we were profitable hmm. we had some of the biggest brands working with us we were on a great trajectory hmm. we didn't even know an acquisition was possible hmm. so for two years i mean we were we, we were like on dates hmm. with yeah. global ceos hmm. of every major organization who would fly down to bombay hmm. and take the three of us three of us out to dinner hmm. and they were pitching to us why we should why we would fit in their network mm. every major media company's global ceo did that with us mm. we were we never approached them mm. but when that happened because we are opportunity spotters in the most positive manner we actually sat down and said that if we were to get this skill what could our talent then do what could that what could that mean for us for our organization most importantly for our people mm. and eventually what we would actually then be able to take to our clients which would make the entire offering we have so much more powerful so it was a strategic move yeah. it obviously paid off financially for all of us because there was ownership etc and the way our advertising acquisitions work it's not about an infusement of money into the company yeah. but largely what goes to shareholders and sure. sta- um, you sure. know equity holders So uh it made a lot of sense for us at that time uh when when we evaluated it. But did you do the math around okay that this is the amount of money that we are going to get let's say that number is say 100 and on that 100 I'll make 10% which is 10 say 10 crores a year. Yeah. Uh, versus to earn that same amount of money the kind of effort and time I have of to course. put in. Of course. Yeah. We did a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> we and, and also because the I mean just because of how the acquisitions happened the number of equations and permutations and combinations think about okay fun how much you get in year one upfront mm. versus how much you'll get as a bumper towards the end what is the because it's a multiple right mm. so how how the multiples flowing from year one to you know year five because there's generally a five year earn out mm. um and so we had to compare a bunch of the deals and figure out on one end figure out what deal made the most sense for wealth generation mm mm-hmm. but also what deal made the most sense from just the company scaling and for our people to be secure and we had sure. to balance those two out sure so i feel that took a while for us i think we that was a good one year of yeah. like the dates and then figuring out what the dates meant yes um and um and then once we locked it in then we knew what you we were working towards and uh, and we did that for a balance so we actually that was and thankfully for us it was the best uh, money wise value Mm-hmm. and also was the best fit for us in terms of a network which is wpp yeah um, and the culture yeah of that company yeah. and everything else that uh, it brought with it for yeah. sure yeah interesting and you know how does the investing life change after this event happens like mm-hmm. how what were you do- guys doing with your portfolio or your surplus funds yeah. right up till the point that the glitch transaction happened because you were profitable you were paying yourself yeah, yeah. so you were making enough money to have something yes, on the investment side right yeah 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 i think we we're, we're two different people Very different, even though yeah. we are a couple yeah. yeah i've been investing since i was making 5000 rupees okay so i i've like put aside a certain amount of my money since i was very young and then invested in property and etc that's just my background that's how he on the other hand was nothing free willing um, <laughs> zero investments for the longest time i was that person who was given a free credit card and forgot I made a transaction and eventually had to pay <laughs> something because i had forgotten that was just 
getting more and more interest into it. So I came from that because my focus always make salary, you keep something running, go on. And once you started becoming, start building a company, it was like, okay, whatever you can put back in, you put back into the company is mm. what I always functioned as. Mm. I think towards like the fifth, sixth year of Glitch, just before we got acquired, I'd start to put certain amount. I think we we were with a bank and the person said, okay, at least do something, do mm. an SIP, mm. right? So I did a few SIPs, which thankfully did quite well. Mm. Um, um, and this is when the when the US um, uh, stocks were doing well and you could invest from here and yeah, yeah. Um, which I thankfully exited right before the whole the crash um, happened. Thing, thing happened, right? So um, I was a very late, um, I would say, uh, I was very late into investing on in my own personal fund. It was always about like, put back in company, we'll figure it out. Sure. Um, and just reinvest into that as a business. But when this event happened is when I feel that uh, we had to ha we had a chat about how we're yeah. aligning both philosophies in terms of um, how because we invest. When, because I, would in, I was uh, saving and investing since I was very young. Mm -hmm. And I, my focus was that I had to, because there was no generational wealth coming my way. Mm. So whatever I had to do was something I had to do. So sure. I was building my own generational wealth because yeah, that's yeah, how it was, yeah. right? And I wanted to own a house and I wanted to have, you know, all of this, the, the aspects that go with adulting. Mm. Um, and that's what I started doing. I, I would make a chunk and then I would invest it in a property. Mm. And I would sell that property and because that's, that made sense 20 years ago yeah, right, yeah. when I was doing it. And, um, and then eventually, you know, bought a home and use that money to invest in something else for example or invest in other companies my my uh my aspect even if you have 500 rupees find a way to use it well hmm. right and invest in the right people or most often bet on myself sure so my strategy largely has been to bet on myself and sort of take it from and there then so when this uh when this happened, money came and i'm always a person who's like i would rather have money in the bank yeah then put, Just it, lying put it anywhere. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm okay to have the safety. You won't make a good financial influence. No. Right? So like <laughs> it's not I don't happening. Do right? no, I was. I'm no longer. Yeah. But I was that person. So, I, for me, it's always like it's that mixture of. Varun know, is actually like the baby shark. Okay. okay. He is. I he's actually this. very smart as an investor. Because oh. I have seen, thankfully, within our 10 years of marriage that, uh, you know, he's managed it really well. But he just, uh, he will not, he may not be able to put it out there in the way that, uh, you know, financially affluent, you know. Yeah, uh, like a, like uh, a finance influencer. Would. An influencer would. But I have seen the bets that he has made. And how that has potential yeah. that has potentially paid out for us and for our family. Yeah. But when the deal happened, we were very sure that um, there's a you know there are certain people who are very who are who are experts, hmm. even though they are they don't come from that particular background and really have the understanding of where to invest and how to use it. Hmm. We didn't necessarily have that, hmm. Hmm. and we just looked to experts. Hmm. That was uh, that was a marriage of sorts as well, right? Because hmm. once the deal yeah. happened. Suddenly, we were getting quoted yeah. because yes. we suddenly had money. Yeah. Yeah, so we yeah. actually looked to experts and then and built our vocabulary very, very quickly mm. and started understanding how our money was working and how we needed to make it grow. Yeah. And, you know, when you have money, mm. that's when you start learning more about money. Sure. And you realize that you just need that little bit mm. to make that lot. Yeah. And we made that little bit. And then we would then just focus on how do we get that to a lot yeah and the last five six years for us has really been that yeah and 
you bought this house uh, at we that bought, point yeah we bought the house mm. we bought another house we bought a couple of homes you know we invested that in a mm. way to help us with everything that you know advisor said that we would do mm. and we backed a lot of other companies and we then invested in equity which mm -hmm. was which is yeah. a, which is a good way for us yeah. to go because we always so i think the, the 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 good part of the combination of how we both think and i think it it brings a balanced approach is that um which is great at spotting immediate actionable um, things mm -hmm. i'm a very like i can play really slow long game of mm -hmm. things make x amount of money in like 8 years be totally patient with how that kind of goes sure. um and really say i'll you know we will hold this one out mm -hmm. and, and do it and i think the combination of two often and when we sit on um on our money and how we invest that really plays out well and that's how we look at it by playing the long game but also play on stability play the long game and have stuff you know are going to have immediate payouts in the short term um and that's what i but think but do you have times when you're like okay there's a different viewpoint on a certain pool of money yeah uh, how do you reconcile that like yeah. how do you say okay who who pulls the trigger then i mean we both have the ability to do it ourselves yeah. uh that's how we you know that's how we function um there's a if there's a bet that he really believes that he should take and i don't agree with it mm. he has the agency to do it and vice mm. versa mm. right mm. but we're also accountable to each other yeah uh in that sense mm. as a couple yeah. because we bring the equal amount to the table mm. so we take the equal amount of risk and mm. we also have the equal amount of agency to be able to operate how we mm. sometimes we fail but sometimes we do really well yeah and we learn from that and uh, and a lot of those bets end up being especially in the angel investing space because yeah, sometimes yeah. you're taking a bet on a startup and and that's I, that's where i feel that there's a lot more conversation i feel the fundamentals how we look at investing in, let's say bit in equity bit in markets everything else i think that we largely align yeah i think the only part of real estate is is this a startup we really want to kind of go into and um because yeah. we also both come from very different experiences in terms of skill set so i'll see something in a, in a startup company i'm watching from my learning this mm -hmm. might make sense and she'll come and say no what about this and and that's where I, i think both of us as angel investors have such interestingly different portfolios yeah, of companies yeah sure i think the interesting part is you guys will be getting access to some of the best uh, deals right out yes. there which is hard for a lot of people the problem of plenty would be very high in your yeah. case in terms of deal flow and then yes. figuring out like which deals to say no to yeah. because you're probably saying that okay here's a certain percentage of money which i want to risk yes uh, and because these are zero or one kind yeah. of outcomes right yeah so um we actually did that for ourselves a few years ago hmm. and we kind of like put down our broad principles of the kind of people that we would like to back hmm. um hmm. what because we had the fortune to make a certain amount of wealth for ourselves how were we going to you know in a sense paid forward is very weak mm. but we play an active role mm. in the entrepreneurial landscape of our country mm. in whatever way we could mm. because even if it's 1 rupee mm. that has value mm. right and so we set up a company called seat at the table mm. which is our home office mm -hmm. and that home office invests with a certain purpose mm -hmm. so there is diversity which is a huge aspect mm -hmm. to it the second aspect is the kind of impact that organization will have either in our own society mm -hmm. um in our country and generally the world at large mm -hmm. right so we were very clear about that it has to tick a few boxes for us to say yes to it mm. and we stuck by that mm. actually over the last couple of years with the many deals that we've done yeah. mm. uh we've really stuck by that we look for for diversity in the cap table mm. and you know in the founder set 
that's not just in gender mm. but you know be it religion be it background mm. education etc all of that mm. um and we've we found some success actually yeah. in that aspect that's how we looked at it, that i secure a certain part of it and he sets up the future yeah. uh, and that all happens because when you are a team um it's not just about what one person needs it's about yeah. what the team needs and then we take care of the individual as well and then look at the family at large uh pooja now for you like you know you're running glitch glitch has now been acquired and how does it feel to be then ceo of a company that is actually not fully owned by you <laughs> yeah um there was a difference and um but you know there is opportunity when uh because for me i look at every day as an experience mm. and the experience that i was gaining that even though we were no longer shareholders is that i was working a really large setup mm. and i had was had the privilege of actually integrating the company integrating glitch mm. with a larger network and then leading that network mm. right there are few things that it gave me number 1 uh I was able to secure our people mm-hmm. and was you know they all were in a position where their value was understood and mm-hmm. then could play a larger role within the network. Mm-hmm. For me I was taking everything that we were doing in a small spot in Andheri mm-hmm. to a global stage, sure. right? It was incredible. Yeah. Uh the experience of running and integrating a large organization and then making that profitable was yeah. was not something that I would get. Yeah. in a university yeah, right and it yeah. was an experience that i didn't want to let go of mm. um so yes it did feel like um hey you know I, we don't own it 100% mm. Mm. but i'm a person that operates with an entrepreneurial mindset mm. in whatever i'm doing because mm. there is an opportunity in everything and in the most positive manner yeah. so i i kind of looked at it like that and in this time did you renegotiate your compensation yeah of course yeah. 100% <laughs> so what multiple did it go up by uh it went up by uh i think 2 and a half x so after the after it got acquired yeah. after the acquisition was almost complete got yeah. it i we we went at I the end of the 5 year period yeah. yes interesting yes. now coming back again where you're uh, you're out of glitch yes. uh, you're you on this content creator journey yeah. and now you're building a new company yes. right yeah. uh when it came to like thinking about how much money does this company need at which point did you think that okay this much money we will put in and this much we will raise from outside yeah. or was it like first let's raise from outside and balance we'll show up so you know that has been a journey in itself yeah. because it's been a learning experience for us uh because with glitch we never necessarily needed to raise money because in a sense it was you know the service industry is so mm. uh, you know it almost self funds itself right yeah. and you don't ne- you don't necessarily need outside investment to scale sure. Sure. um unlike what we uh, so we didn't really have the experience mm. of being in the startup and uh, mm. venture capital sort of ecosystem sure uh outside of being angel investors ourselves because sure. it was completely different from vc investing right um so our first step was yeah yeah of course we should because funds reached out to us mm. the moment they knew that we had exited glitch funds reached out to us what are you guys doing next and we mm. we want to meet mm. we're like okay cool i mean that seems like you know everyone seems to say that that's that's a difficult aspect mm. people are reaching out to us let's make the most of this opportunity mm. and we told ourselves we only going to speak to a few funds mm. we needed to understand mm. how that world worked 
Sure. Um, we didn't want to be um, arrogant about the opportunity we were given, which mm-hmm. was to even get that meeting because that's so difficult for so many people. Yeah. To even you get. have to be respectful of the. Absolutely, yeah. respectful of their time yeah. that they were offering to us. Sure. So we did put in the effort. Mm. We we built an or we you know we built that entire investment presentation. We built the entire business plan. Mm. It was very different from what we uh, what we would have otherwise done, mm. but we still went ahead and did that. out of respect for the opportunity we were being given hmm. and we were able we you know it was not, let's just say that it was uh, you know it was it's a completely different environment that hmm. we were operating in so hmm. while we did get that meeting hmm. it took us a few meetings which is about four meetings to get a commitment Mm. from and we did mm. and we got commitments from you know angels from as well. angels as well as from a fund mm. but then we looked at what we were building and it was about 15 steps away from what we actually wanted to build mm. right because we were tailor making mm. for what would get invested mm. and you know as as i said we're hmm. our partners right and hmm. we we're very core to our principles of why we do what we do and how we spend our time hmm. because what is the point of building wealth for yourself hmm. if you have no control over your time and hmm. how you spend it hmm. that was why we exited corporate lives yeah So we came back to that, which is what we we're very good at. That we, you know, we pull ourselves and back get ourselves that. into that. Into okay, why are we doing what we're doing? Mm. And it uh, going the VC route didn't satisfy us, mm. even though we were getting that money. We didn't feel good about it because we were losing control of our time. Mm. We went back into a golden handcuff, which we had just gotten out of, mm. <laughs> and uh, it would take away from how we wanted to build it. The pace at which we wanted to build it, and um, why we wanted to build it, all of it sort of went a bit disarray. So we decided, yet again, that we're going to bet on ourselves, and that's what we're going to do. That we're just going to bet on ourselves, and we're going to get that. We're going to get product market fit, and then decide if we even raise the need the money, and then go out and raise. So, so we actually how. picked up the phone and called the VC and yes. said, "Thank you, but no, thank you." Yes. Because you know, uh, fundraisers happen in momentum. Yes. Like yes. when it's going on, it just happened. It like just that. happens, and then you're moving to legal agreements. You yeah. suddenly, and the money's in the bank. So we actually got an email uh, from a very, you know, just out of respect, I don't want to name it. Uh, and I looked at it and. I looked at her and I said, "Shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this has actually happened, and we will have to take their money." And uh, and we looked at each other and said, "How are you feeling about it?" Uh-huh. And we didn't feel good, so we respect. We took a couple of days, by the way. Yeah, we slept on it. We slept on it because we didn't want to take long-term mm-hmm. decisions on short-term emotions. Sure. Um, and but we felt the same thing the next morning and the morning after that, and we knew that respectfully we had to not, you know, keep keep this yeah. going. So we actually told them the reasons for why we didn't want to take the money right now. Uh, we also called up every angel who had given us. Uh, their commitment and explain to them why we didn't want to take their money and in uh, full honesty it was such a great experience cuz they got it yeah. they understood why we didn't want to take the money and uh, they understood that why we wanted to do it the way we mm. wanted to sort of run it and uh, you know that's the thing right mm. you bet on yourself and then um, yeah yeah so how, yeah sorry so because because also wealth generation isn't just like what puja it's not about just generating wealth mm. um it's about generating 
all the parts that you should think about as well it's, it's mm. about control over your time mm. it's about control about how you do things how mm. much how much are you giving away versus how much do you have in your hands and we mm. saw that if we did it the way we originally set out to do it mm. versus how we were kind of moving away from it slightly uh, as we went through the pitches mm. like we knew that in the long term mm. that would actually hold more yeah value and weight um then looking at saying one second what is the market really investing in right now versus mm. what do we believe yeah when you can be the market we create tomorrow mm. and we say let's just just bet on that yeah. and uh, because we have the privilege of having had one exit before and having the ability to do that if we don't do it then what's the point yeah yeah no actually you know a lot of companies and businesses that we meet uh there's this whole discussion of whether this business is vc fundable or yeah. not right yeah. and the moment somebody says that this business is not vc fundable it almost seems like a negative thing mm. right and then we do see founders and entrepreneurs trying to say okay then how do i make it vc yeah, fundable yeah. and that's not the point the point yes. is there are certain businesses inherently yes. not suited or certain styles of building a business not suited for yes uh, external capital yes absolutely and and understanding that is very critical that is not a negative yeah uh, it just means that you need to go about it in a completely different way and there are different solutions to it uh, you don't have to just go to a vc you can get angels to back you right because mm. they look at it differently uh, you could look at it from a business loan aspect because yeah. you know that revenue is based sure. financing, yeah. Yeah. revenue based financing yeah. which is which is also a very good way to look at it mm. and also to look at friends and family and yeah. see if there is something that you could get out of that yeah. and invest in your business but what you need to have in all of this is acumen mm. it's not just about starting a business mm. the essential purpose of starting a business to generate profit yeah yeah that is the essential that's yeah. why your business is run yeah. right yeah. to generate profit how soon will you be profitable yeah understand that part yeah. and then you know how much you need to put in yeah. and suddenly you don't need a million dollars to mm. set up a company that could potentially be a 200 crore company over 3 to 4 years yeah. you just need say 50 lakhs yeah and that 50 lakhs suddenly coming from 10 angels is not yeah. that difficult yeah. anymore Yeah. at least right yeah. Yeah. um you ha- you look at it like that no and you know vc capital is the most expensive capital that you can raise because you need to deliver back mm. a much more higher return yes. right yes. and therefore you're ending up taking significant risk in the yes. uh, in the in the portfolio a uh, risk and um, one is the 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 business aspect of it the human aspect of it is the how stretched you will be from a time standpoint uh everything else that you will have to say no to because you said yes to this yeah. um so there's 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 a lot it also depends on how you want to live your life yeah. right but because, sorry uh, also how we look at building businesses because of our past experience mm. is an interesting differentiator is that we you know when we build glitch we build glitch in a way that you are creating stacks you're creating almost like a platform saying you can build multiple things mm. off this Mm. So you know we had we had a production stack where we built an agency on top. It eventually became a, we had consulting kind of come in, had tech come in, all that stuff. Even now, after building, is we building a fund like almost like a foundational stack, mm. which mm. can actually re- kind of create multiple brands, multiple of sets them. of products, mm. everything else. And so, and that requires a very different way of structuring and functioning. Mm. It also requires you to have that you know clarity of saying one second, this is the core, 
this is all the stuff you could create but you don't have to create all of them today mm. like you know you mm. create them you mm. paste it out and do it so mm. and that's also like you said there are different businesses function and 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 are set up differently and and for us this is core to how we create so what percentage of your financial wealth are you putting aside for the new business we looking at i you know about 10% of it even lesser than that actually we yeah. and that too over a period of time and it, all of that doesn't go into the business some yeah. of it goes into our life yeah. right to live the way we want to live yeah uh, till the time the business can start paying us a certain remuneration yeah. sure so we is. look yeah which it already is mm. and it's not even been a year of us looking at this seriously mm. because i only left in december mm. uh so which over the, and then, i left in august and he left in august and mm. then we took a few months off to do nothing mm. uh so we've really seriously been looking at looked at it as a business since since april mm. and so april to now we've already made it uh, uh you know we there's a considerable amount of revenue that we've been able to bring in mm. because we traditionally know how to mm. how to monetize something mm. right and which is what you need to look at as well mm. you know as your own skill set what are you really good at mm. um where you take that skill mm. into which company you take it mm. uh your core skill to, my core skill is to be able to monetize i can that's what i've done for my entire career sure and that's what we looked at sure. what are the elements that we can monetize through what we're currently building what are the new areas that we have never ventured into before and mm. we want to experiment with mm. that's what this new company is mm. there's a part that we know how to do which mm. is to build content that's mm. what we've done for 20 years mm. we know how to build community that's mm. how we've done for a very long time what have we not built before we've not built product mm. but first let's get the content and community in place mm. right as always get our distribution in place mm. now we're getting in, we're now in the product phase mm. our products will be out in the market in the next few months we mm. already know because we have built some of the biggest digital first businesses in our country and even you know in different parts of the world we know how product marketing can also add largely to your to your bottom line very very quickly mm. build your roas in a way that um, you know is lucrative to you mm. make sure your customer acquisition costs stays a certain way because you've built you focused on content and community mm. you know you sort of look at it very systematically yeah. as yeah. A, as you would look at any business if vcs were not available yeah. to you yeah. no i think that's interesting from the looks of it it seems like if you have 100 rupees and the returns that this capital is giving you that is the amount of money that's going back into the business yes uh, and in a way therefore your core capital stays in intact so the you know one question we ask everyone is that uh, do you really feel wealthy mm. do you feel that you have enough money and you know everyone has a different assumption of what wealth is how do you guys feel about it um we wake up in the morning and say do we have full control of our day we're wealthy yeah right? that's how we look at it can we sleep a full night we feel wealthy but that has come at a stage where we have wealth mm. so i'm not uh, you know i'm uh, i understand that reality mm. Mm. but uh, to get to where we were mm. where we are today a lot went into it mm. right we we had a certain number in our mind mm. um which has you know that that goal kept changing over the years and it, thankfully we you know mm. we are somewhere close to it right now but we know that we when we have that amount mm. get, making that amount a large amount mm. is a matter of a certain amount of time right of how of playing the market and investing in the right ways and also investing in yourself mm. but uh, pointedly asking your answering your question yeah we do feel wealthy because we have yeah. full control of our time and it's not about the amount of money that you have in the bank it's not right so look at 
look at your day look at your week right split across three things there's this time for work this time for life and this time for self mm. um time for self is what you have most control over mm. time for life is a little flexible because mm. it's still family friends all that stuff and time for work is where you actually have the least amount of control because mm. always there's variables of everything external else. Very so when you start off like i've said like 20s onwards is a lot more about work so less mm. control and mm. over time the the point of wealth generation the way mm. you look at it is that you got to start building towards that so mm. 20s to 30s you suddenly have a little bit more you know family takes over more time again that gives you more control there um over time you also have to invest in self which is something mm. which none of us invest in mm. as much but over time you realize the value of it mm. so now we look at it say one second we have a lot more mm. and you can build that balance in and the wealth is what allows you to live your life mm. Mm. it's not what is driving your life yeah and you always have to have that lens on or saying okay is it allowing you to do things you want to do is it allowing you to live the way you want to live is it working enough in the background where you are not hands on day to day just to make that happen mm. um that is also true wealth right it's, yeah. it's that mixture of of all these things together yeah um, is what rather how we look at wealth is my standing joke is that my dream car was a honda city i got that years ago i've mm-hmm. not had a dream car since then so those are not the dreams we go after we go after experiences you got to go after life we go mm-hmm. after things like that and that's what we kind of stick to you know because we learned when i got that big job or when that big check hit our account that happiness honestly lasted momentarily for mm-hmm. us yeah and with age we've understood that mm-hmm. it's all very valuable mm-hmm. so we're now we we understand that and yeah. we're not arrogant about it yeah. we feel good that we had it mm-hmm. we know that that's not all we have to chase and that has come with our own experience and we also recognize that that's not how everybody looks at it but mm-hmm. this is our own life right mm-hmm. we don't live for the community we live for ourselves mm-hmm. um so we were very clear about what would make us feel wealthy but after this money came was there like something that you did uh how like that changed for, was it how you traveled where you traveled to what you spend money on you said you're not into cars but then is it your jewelry or what yeah, what changed you know for us i think the basic was we wanted to buy our home and we built a beautiful home, home for, for us, ourselves yeah. mm-hmm. we really got a really good home mm. uh it's a nice big space for both our kids and for us um that was important to us mm. so we did that so that was a splurge that was a splurge yeah we mm. got you know home for my mom who lives mm. like right next door etc uh outside of that was you know we would because we glitch was still a lucrative company even mm. when we were we didn't have the on out we were still traveling very well and mm. we were still doing all of that um but a, a large part that changed it is that we is is truly back at the time mm. because we were so busy always busy mm. we never had time mm. and mm. we just kept saying that we just don't have the time to do anything mm. today we feel wealthy because we have time to really enjoy our wealth yeah. right yeah. and that's when you feel wealthy because yeah. what's the point of the money in the bank if you yeah. don't have time yeah, to enjoy sense. it yeah. and also so. not be not be penny wise and and uh-huh. foolish right is that because of times you think oh, let me cut on this smaller thing and that's uh-huh. not really going to become yeah, you yeah. know something you look at um you look at saying you know when you're traveling travel well hmm. um when you're having experiences as a family as individuals let's not Well, let's not kind of go on that hmm. I, someone asked me sometime recently saying what is the biggest purchase that you expensive purchase you made that you regret hmm. and i realized it was a pair of sneakers i bought for 20000 rupees <laughs> that is literally the most expensive thing i have bought that regret and that show i think pujas will be similar to that if not 
I don't regret I, I don't, anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that you got to you got to look at it saying you know you're not buying things for show yeah. you're not buying things to splurge but you're investing to experiences investing sure. into living our lives when the money hit the bank after mm-hmm. the uh, the first chunk of money hit the bank when we did that deal i took a screenshot we both looked at that screenshot went back to work and yes. went back to live <laughs> nothing changed yeah right? nothing changed awesome. yeah and so and and that's the way to look at it you yeah. shouldn't let that take over how you live your life yeah because then you're setting a benchmark which should not be what you follow yeah. the benchmark you should set is saying are you living your life the way you want to live your life yeah. and as long as this is aiding that nothing else uh, matters great guys thank you so much this has been amazing this is the first time we've had a, a couple on the, uh, first time we've had two people on a podcast let alone a couple <laughs>